What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Soppy. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Soppy PFN. Kyle, how are you today on this fine Monday morning? I'm doing well. We got the beginning, or the end, I guess, of week two of the preseason, which is kind of like what week three used to be. All this, the shifting to three preseason weeks really threw off my cadence here. Kind of like 18 regular season weeks. But we're... We're almost past the meaningful part of preseason, on to the useless week of preseason, which means we're into draft season, which means it's the greatest time of the year. So I can't complain. I, uh, I'm i going to be honest. I'm a little tired. I'm a little sluggish this morning coming okay. off of a very busy weekend uh, sure. where we were just cranking out content over at ProFootballNetwork.com. Uh, so, I mean, but... The people wanted some fantasy football advice as they head into draft weekends, and we've still got two major weekends left to go. There's still a ton of time here to talk about the upcoming season and talk about some league winners, which is what we're going to be doing here today. Before we get into that conversation, though, I did want to talk about the week two of the preseason. Let's recap what we just saw and some players that we we talked about this in week one. We're trying to react to some players that are moving up and down the rankings in week one. There's really not a ton to do there. In week two, there's a little bit more to grab a hold of and kind of take away as actionable advice. So, who is a player that rose up the rankings for you after week two? Yeah, it's funny. I thought Rasheed Rice looked the part. I mean, obviously had a big game there. There's only so much you can learn, like you said earlier. But him hauling in eight and nine targets for 96 yards, obviously very impressive. We want exposure to this Chiefs offense. I still think Velez Scantling's the way I'm going to go about doing it, but... Rice, obviously a rookie, has the upside, has all of that. If he can nail down a consistent role, I'm in on it. Tank Bigsby looked great. I think there might be a situation there where Travis Etienne's slipping in the ranks a little bit. Not overreacting, but the fact that they have basically an Etienne clone that can play behind him. And then I, this this one worries me. For, for the sake of both of us, Brock Purdy's opening drive was target to Debo, Target to Debo, target to Debo. (laughs) I worry that we might be wrong there. It it could burn us in a big way. I'm still out on Debo. I didn't move him in my ranks. I'm getting nervous here, Kyle. I am getting nervous. That is the Michael Scott where he's like, we are screwed. Like, we we are screwed. (laughs) It could be. It could well be. This is going to come back to bite us a little bit here. Uh, yeah, Debo, I don't I don't think there's necessarily a ton that we need to really take away from that one or like to move him drastically up and down the no. rankings. He's still someone that it's we've been talking about the concerns for Debo, but it's not like we have him 10 spots lower in our rankings than it's where true. he's going in drafts. Right. So it's just a concern level and some of the other players that are going around him that come with a little bit more consistency. But we've acknowledged this this entire time that Mm -hmm. Debo Samuel does have the potential to win you some weeks. Uh, Let's go with a player who maybe moved down the rankings for you after week two. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say he moved down. He's just he's losing the ability to move up. To me, that's kind of moving down. Anthony Richardson didn't play, which means we still have no proof of concept that he's an NFL level thrower. I get that he had the one good throw in week one against Buffalo and it was dropped. Yada, yada, yada. It was a good pass. I'll give him that. He was off target and underwhelming. Other than that, I want, in the worst way, I want to move him into my top 12. In the worst way, because I think the upside is there for him to go off like that. But with Jonathan Taylor still out and no proof of concept as a legitimate passer, he doesn't even have to be good. He just has to be average. But right now, I still have him ranked behind pocket passers, the Aaron Rodgers, the Kirk Cousins of the world. And I don't want to. I am willing to, I'm like a parent when you see your kid do something good for the first time. It's like, yeah, that's it. That's what he's <laughs> capable of. 
And I mean, you're a parent. I'm not, so I'm just guessing there. But I, I'm <laughs> assuming that's how it goes. And that's how I am with Anthony Richardson. I, I really want to put him in the top 12. I can't yet. And I'm not going to get there by the end of the preseason. But the second he shows us something in week one, he's going to move into my top 12. It's definitely interesting to see his ADP right now at QB 11 off the board and underdog. And you mentioned some of the pocket passers, right? It's you have Dak Prescott going right behind him. Then Kirk Cousins at QB 13, Geno Smith at QB 14. The one that's crazy to me is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones at QB 15. I've got Daniel Jones as a top 12 quarterback this year. Like I would take Daniel Jones above Anthony Richardson just because we know what we're going to get. And then Aaron Rodgers at QB 16, Jared Goff at QB 17. I get this is a best ball format, right? You're going a little bit more swinging for the fences with Anthony Anthony Richardson versus your typical redraft leagues. But still Anthony Richardson there as a player that we just still have a ton of questions and about. And I don't think we were going to get clarity on that in the preseason, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were still, he was still this player that we were going where it wasn't going to be Dak Prescott in Dallas, his rookie season, where it was like, okay, this guy actually legitimately might be really, really good because we saw in the first three weeks of the preseason that he was just lighting it up. We were never going to see that with Anthony Richardson. So I still think those questions remain. I get the incentive, the need, the want to be able to move Anthony Richardson up into the 12, the top 12. But yeah, I think we still got to remain just a little bit patient there. If you are going to draft Anthony Richardson in your redraft leagues this year, you got to make sure to pair him with mm-hmm. a Jared Goff, with an Aaron Rodgers, with a Geno Smith, a guy that comes with that solid and safe floor. If you can get Kirk Cousins and Anthony Richardson, then yeah, sign me up for that strategy. All right, let's move into some league winners here for 2023 fantasy football. Before we do, I want to remind the people about the PFN Fantasy Discord. It is absolutely free, and there is a ton of activity happening here as we move into the start of the regular season. A ton of activity with mock drafts, with AMAs going on. You guys are going to want to get in here and get into the community. You guys can find the link for that in your podcast show description or in your YouTube description here below. Make sure to jump in there completely free. You can get access to myself, to Kyle Soppy, to Derek Tate, to Jason Katz. Ask us some questions here as we move into fantasy drafts. Additionally, make sure if you are watching over on YouTube that you hit the like button, that you subscribe to the channel, and that you click the bell to get notified for when our new content drops. All right, let's move into league winners here. And these are players that we just feel that we are putting our name behind, that you're putting your name behind, that you want to get as much exposure as you can to in your drafts because you believe that they can take a major step forward and be a uh, an advantage in your fantasy football league. So I'm going to throw it to you. Who is that first league winner? Yeah, we're going to start at the quarterback position here, and it won't be a surprise to anybody that's been listening to the podcast, reading any kind of content. Trevor Lawrence for me and pretty much any Jaguar you want, but Trevor Lawrence... For the league-winning upside, I think he's got it. He's my quarterback six. He's going off a little bit later than that quarterback eight in most ADPs. He's at, like, the Fields-Herbert tier, and I know we differ on this one. He's in that tier. He's being drafted at the bottom of it. I think he's got a real chance to finish at the top of it, and I don't see why he couldn't pick off a Joe Burrow type, and he's going significantly later in drafts. So the upside is just off the charts for me. Last year... 28 more completions and more than doubled his pass touchdown count from his rookie season despite throwing 18 fewer passes like the man is moving in the right direction here after he got unleashed from urban meyer which had you know that's a tough way to start a career but he's there (laughs) now and that's what year so i view this we always say quarterbacks are willing to take that year two leap this is year two in a you know in a concrete situation so i'm looking for another big jump for him and Let's look at his schedule. Let's play meteorologist Sapi. That hasn't happened on any kind of regularity anywhere in the world. But they've got a bye in week nine. From week 10 to 17, the rest of the fantasy season, 
Average temperature projection is 60 degrees, Kyle. That's warm for that time of year. That's awesome. That's a scoring environment. Jags, top 10 scoring offense. Trevor Lawrence is the conductor. Look at this. You get the weather advice here on on the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. That is called a separator there. Uh, Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence because I think that we definitely are are in agreement. We've talked about this where Mm -hmm. that he's one of the last guys that if I am going to go early quarterback that I'm going to secure him. I I agree with you for the upside. Now, I would personally be rather going after Justin Fields, but that ADP is also slightly different. How big is that tier gap? from Trevor Lawrence to then at QB eight off the board to then QB nine of the Deshaun Watsons, the Tua Tagovailoa's, you know, that Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, like how big is that tier gap? Because I think that's going to be an important conversation for people as they try to survey the quarterback landscape. If you're starting to see quarterbacks go off the board with, you know, really, really quickly in your home leagues, do you want to make sure to reach for Trevor Lawrence or do you feel comfortable with that next tier? How big is that tier gap? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Assuming one quarterback, you know, no, shenanigans here with a crazy format but to me Trevor Lawrence which right now at the bottom of that tier I obviously don't have him ranked there but this general tier is the end of I'm drafting a quarterback if you miss on this tier you are waiting until defenses and kickers come off the board to grab two quarterbacks we talked Anthony Richardson guys like that in a 10 or 12 team one quarterback format if once you get outside of this tier the top eight I think you're more than welcome to wait until the very end, grab two, your favorite two, get one with upside, one with a floor like we were talking about earlier, and be on your way. So if you miss on these two, you can just kick the can all the way down the road. All right, Trevor Lawrence there, your first league winner at the quarterback position. Let's move on to another league winner here for you. What do you got? Yeah, to me, this is Tony Pollard, and we were ahead of this, and his ADP is starting to move up, so we're not as ahead of it as we used to be, but I've still got him as a top five running back. I'm moving Jonathan Taylor down the ranks, so that got Pollard into the top five. I mean, I I don't want to say his upside's unlimited because that's that's irresponsible journalism on my part. Like, everybody's ceiling is limited to some degree, but, I mean, you look at Taylor, you look at Henry, you look at Ramondre Stevenson, now that Zeke's there, all those guys kind of have a cap to their potential in 2023. Pollard is going to do what Pollard's going to do. And the Cowboys, they should embrace it. They're going to open things up a little bit. The short pass game, I think, is going to be more involved this year than obviously last year with Kellen Moore in the deep pass game. And here, this is a stat I've been using all over the place, and it's just one I can't get enough of. Tony Pollard, 75 of his 51 career air yards came last season. Like, just just let that register. 75 out of that. 51. Yeah, it, yeah, I see you squinting. Right? Like that's kind yep. of a brain breaker there. He's actually being used as a receiver, as a target runner, and not just a guy that you can target behind the line of scrimmage. So if that shallow pass game there, on top of the efficiency that we know is five-plus yards per carry, I think Tony Pollard is a league winner and potential first-round pick, and you don't have to pay that anywhere unless you're drafting with me and you. Tony Pollard, RB6 in my rankings. The question that I keep coming back to is really Tony Pollard versus Nick Chubb. And these Mm -hmm. guys are back-to-back in my rankings here. And I've got Nick Chubb at RB5, Tony Pollard at RB6. If you ask me tomorrow, I might have Tony Pollard at RB5 and Nick Chubb at RB6, right? Just playing flip-flop here. So I wanted to at least talk about those because those guys are going right next to one another in ADP as well. Fantasy managers have to make that decision. Nick Chubb, you get the guaranteed volume. You get the absolute guaranteed volume on the ground, plus the ability to be over five plus yards per carry, 10 plus rushing touchdowns. Like it just seems a lock that Nick Chubb is going to see 300 plus carries on the ground, average over five yards per carry and get 10 plus rushing touchdowns. The disadvantage to Nick Chubb is the passing game that Mm -hmm. Tony Pollard is going to just blow him away. 
uh, from his target totals and what he's going to do through the air. Do you lean more in the top of your draft, probably in round two, if you go wide receiver in round two, do you lean more into the guaranteed volume with Nick Chubb or do you lean into more of the efficiency and receiving upside with Tony Pollard? Which way do you lean? In the first few rounds, call it the first five, I'm almost always targeting versatility. Like touch count's great. And don't get me wrong, touch count is very valuable. But if I can get a guy that can help me in multiple ways in a given week and or succeed when one of his skills is taken away like give me pollard in that situation i have him five six i'm not any kind of big difference here than you i think we know more what pollard's working into we know the offense in dallas behind dak prescott we kind of know what they're doing the browns are a little bit different deshaun watson as much as we want to love him is still a wild card to some degree we haven't seen him play good football in two three seasons the rushing ability, obviously, greater for Watson than it is Prescott, so he could eat into some of that. So I'll take the versatility and the offensive stability that Pollard offers over Chubb, but we're splitting hairs here. I'm more than happy with either in the middle of the second round. All right, final question here with Tony Pollard. As mm-hmm. we look at Josh Jacobs, we got a report right before we started recording here that Josh Jacobs most likely going to be coming back to the team and ready to go for week one. Now, we have no idea what the volume is going to be for that. We don't right. even know if that's going is a confirmed report. It's just something that's out there right now. So take that with a grain of salt. But Josh Jacobs, if he does come back this week and he signs the franchise tag and he is ready to roll, are you putting Josh Jacobs above Tony Pollard in your rankings? Nope. No, he's not moving in my ranks from where I currently have him. I've got him RB7, so we just talked about five and six. So Jacobs is right there. It's in the same tier. He's coming off a career year. I get all of that. I think the change in offense is going to be a little bit of a concern. Him missing all of August obviously isn't great. It's I don't think he can repeat exactly what he did on the as a receiver last season. And we had those big game-breaking runs. You take a few of those away, Jacobs becomes a lot more average compared to superhuman that he was last year i'll take the upside i think what you're looking for is pollard to put up jacobs numbers from last year on fewer touches i think he's got a better chance of doing something like that than jacobs does repeating the touch count or the efficiency from a year ago if you do want to get tony pollard onto your roster and you know that you are not going to be able to get him in your redraft league you may be able to get him and get some exposure to drafting Tony Pollard through underdog fantasy. Guys, you may still have a little bit of time before your fantasy football drafts, but that doesn't mean that you have to wait to get some shares of these players that you believe in. With underdogs best ball drafts, you simply draft a team and then let the season play out. No waivers, no trades, no getting your lineup decisions wrong. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com with the code PFN and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash. When you make your first deposit of $10 or more, you deposit $100, you get $100 free. You can also click the link in your description to sign up and take advantage of this awesome offer. Head over to Underdog Fantasy and crank out some best ball drafts today. Let's keep it rolling here with the league winners. Kyle Sapi, who is league winner number three for you? Yeah, I'm going big Mike Williams. Like I'm five to six to seven spots ahead of ADP as far as the positional ranks go. And I like Keenan Allen too. Don't get me wrong. I don't think there's a wrong answer in this receiving core or the next one we're going to talk about. But big Mike Williams. I just think he carries the touchdown upside that's kind of rare at this point in the draft. And it might be rare in the NFL. I mean, we saw him catch 10 touchdowns as a sophomore in the league. Could he get back there with Kellen Moore? I think it's very possible. And we we heard Keenan Allen earlier this offseason talking about, oh, they're going to move him around. They're going to use him some on the perimeter. To me, that means they're going to move Mike in the slot on occasion, which I think elevates his floor. And if we're talking an elevated floor for a guy that we know can take the top off of defenses and offer that weekly ceiling, 
to me, that's a wide receiver too easy, potentially a top 15 guy if everything goes right. Mike Williams, wide receiver 23 in underdog ADP right now, wide receiver 21 in my ranking, so slightly Same. higher than, a, in, yeah. than ADP. But man, I absolutely love grabbing Mike Williams uh, in drafts as my wide receiver three right now. Like you can get him right at that spot in, mm -hmm. in redraft ADP is even a little bit further down the board. You can get him as your wide receiver three and the upside that per he comes with this year in this Kellen Moore offense, right? We talked about that with yes, the difference from Joe Lombardi last year with just sh peppering the short passing game and just continuing to lean into Keenan Allen and force feeding him targets there in that short area of the field, Austin Eckler, right? And then taking the three, four, five deep shots downfield to Mike Williams. And of course, those 50-50 balls with Mike Williams are more like 80-20. He's going to come down with that. Now it's just a question of the durability and health. Of course. But at that ADP, you don't have to really worry about that. Like I said, as a wide receiver three on your roster, the potential that he's a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football this year when he is healthy is absolutely there. So I'll, I will throw it back to you though. Where's the cap? What's the cap for Mike Williams with Keenan Allen, with Quentin Johnston, with Gerald Everett, with Austin Eckler? What's sort of the cap for his ceiling? Do you think he pushes top five or are we saying top 10 is probably, you know, that, that ceiling for his upside this year? Yeah, I think top 10 is pretty much where you're capping at. Top five is kind of, we're over our skis a little bit just because the, the top three are so good. Then you've got Diggs, you've got Adams, you've got Tyreek. Like, I think it's more, more saying the top heavy nature of this position, why I don't think he has top 10 ups or top five upside, but top 10, I mean, Garrett Wilson's wide receiver 10 right now in my ranks at least, could you tell me that Williams outproduces Wilson? Like, I think that's very much in the cards. Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, they're all guys we like, but you can't tell me that Williams doesn't at least have that ceiling. They didn't throw the ball downfield at all last season, and he had a 25-yard catch in four straight games to end the fantasy season. So he was producing, and they were hardly trying. If they start actively moving the ball downfield, which I think Herbert's more than capable of doing, yep. I, I could see a situation in which we're like, beginning of October and I've got him as like wide receiver 14 in our rest of season ranks like I think yep. there's a very real chance that we could see it early and it lasts for the whole season and that's what I want I don't want a spike guy that could be here and there I think right Williams has the ability to develop into a weekly high upside high floor type of receiver the other part that's not being talked about enough in this conversation with Mike Williams and Kellen Moore coming over as you know more deep downfield targets is also that Justin Herbert was banged up through the entire yeah. of the year last year, right? Like uh, week two, week three, yeah. right? He was banged up with that injury and then it lingered the entire year. Mm -hmm. So obviously when you are that banged up and you're for fighting through it, you are not going to be able to air the ball out deep downfield as regularly as you want to. We know that Justin Herbert has the cannon to push it 60 yards downfield and that's where Mike Williams shines. So I think that that's going under, that's going under the radar as well as we talk about Mike Williams and his upside this year. Wide receiver 21, the question... Would you rather have Mike Williams or Debo Samuel in fantasy this year? See, you, I, it's funny. I thought you were going one of two ways. Debo was one of them. I thought DeAndre Hopkins would be the other. I'm taking him over both. I'm going Mike Williams over both of them. I'll plant my flag. You know, we can play this back in two months when I'm desperately wrong <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff and throw tomatoes at me. But I'm going Mike Williams. I will target that ceiling and what I think will be a pretty darn good floor over the limited volume that Hopkins and Samuel are going to offer. Like I, unless they're getting a 32% target share, I don't see right. how they can get a target count that's near that of Williams, and they have similar upside. So give me more bites at the apple and a guy like Williams. 
All right, going into this conversation, I had DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver 19, Debo Samuel at wide receiver 20, and Mike Williams at wide receiver 21. Out of this conversation, I have Mike Williams at wide receiver 19, DeAndre yes. Hopkins at wide receiver 20, and Debo Samuel at wide receiver 21. My work Kyle here is Sapp, done. You did it. You did it. Let's move into your final league winner here for 2023. Yeah, to me, this is Mike Williams' light. It's George Pickens. And it, could he do in year two what Mike Williams did in year two? That's 15 yards a catch. 10 touchdowns, and he peaked during the second half of the season when fantasy managers needed it the most. I, I think he could. The step forward for Kenny Pickett in year two, I don't think any of us are shy about saying we think Pittsburgh takes this next step. I've mentioned it multiple times on this podcast and in written content that they're one of three teams that I keep landing on a lot of when it comes to exposure, just of their skill guys all over the place. Last season, we saw Deontay Johnson's dot spike by over 20%. That didn't make any sense, and it didn't work. I think they dialed that back a bit. But, I mean, Pickett was willing to throw the ball down the field. So if they dial Johnson back, that means we get a lot of high-volume, high-upside targets for Pickens, who's you know currently going outside the top 60, 70, 80 players in ADP. If I can get him around 6, 7, 8, where he's like on that kind of flex radar where I'm plugging him in some weeks but not every week, I think he offers far more upside than his current ADP reflects. And Kenny Pickett has looked sharp yes. this preseason, yes, right? Like has. we've gotten, you know, this kind of just brief sample size to kind of look at his year two leap here. But in this offense, the continuity and you have, you know, we have to have questions about the offensive coordinator uh, and that, you know, just sure. the overall system that he's in. But the other side of that is the continuity, the continuity that Kenny Pickett gets to remain mm -hmm. in the same system from year one to year two. I don't think that's being talked about enough as well. And then if Kenny Pickett can take this next step forward, George Pickens could easily outperform his ADP. Now, it is interesting. It is interesting that we started talking about Pickens a couple, I mean, maybe a month or so ago. And his ADP at that point was like wide receiver 41, wide it's receiver 42. Yep. And it is on the move. We've seen Pickens move up now to wide receiver 35 in underdog fantasy ADP. So uh, I have him at wide receiver 37 in my rankings. I would personally still be going with guys like Elijah Moore and Sky Moore over George Pickens, but you can get more, both Moores, uh, a little bit later in drafts there. That's just me going out on a limb saying that I'm a big believer in both these guys here this year. Pickens definitely does possess some upside here this year, though. All right, there are your league winners for 2023. Kyle Sapi, what do you have coming out this week? What do the people need to know about here uh, that they can find over on the website? I mean, the website is loaded. Have you seen this draft kit? Like, this thing is immaculate. It's pretty nice. And I, I don't, I'm not generally a shill to our own content, but my goodness, <laughs> this thing is, it's loaded. And the part that I like, you've got this projection sheet where it has a player and a hyperlink to the article. Like, you, if you're on the clock at your own draft and you have this thing pulled up in front of you, I don't, I don't know what more you could ask for. And we got one for the should I draft thing. Like, if I was in a draft and I had questions between players, I would want quick instant analysis with research takes on if I should do it. If, or what can I expect? Or what's the upside? What's the floor? And we have you covered on a hyperlink on every single player that you could basically imagine. So if you're stuck in Debo versus Mike Williams, versus deandre hopkins and you don't just want to take our ranks for it you want to see where those ranks originate from we've got a page for that and i, I don't understand how you could go to a draft and not have that pulled up 100 so percent. the yeah. yep 
the the draft kit over on the website profootballnetwork.com additionally guys cheat sheets we released those over this Mm -hmm. weekend and those are printable you can easily take our consensus rankings into the draft with you to be able to just simply walk through the draft board as players get selected you cross them out a super super cool tool there that we've created for you to be able to download and take those right into your draft there again with our consensus ranks you want soppy and my ranks put together you want jason katz's and Derek's, all of it right there for you guys over on the website at profootballnetwork.com. I got one question for you. Yeah. We talked about risers and fallers this preseason, and I see JSN getting a ton of hype. We didn't mention him because I'm not, I'm not going there. I want to know, are you? I know the people out there, they got the hype in the preseason, the draft capital, all that stuff. Geno Smith being so good last year. They want to move JSN up the ranks. I'm not doing it because I'm still not buying that that offense can stabilize three receivers, and I don't think he's taking over one of the other two. I want to know what you feel on that. I'm in agreement with you. I've still got JSN at wide receiver 44 in my rankings. Now, I will say that he is a little bit different than some of the other players in that range of drafts uh, or in that range of rankings for me where if we do see something happen to Tyler Lockett or DK Mm -hmm. Metcalf, then I think JSN immediately vaults up the rankings too, like a sure. top 24 play. Like the, it's just the fact that we have Geno Smith, who was all otherworldly efficient last year. And now we've got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and JSN. I just don't know how all three of them can no be way. weekly viable fantasy starters. And there will be some weeks where it's JSN who gets the touchdown. And then there will be some weeks where it's DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You will have no way of knowing. So you got to kind of build that into your rankings where JSN if everyone's healthy, might not be the most consistent option for you, but he does come with some upside that some of the other players in that range, like uh, Jacoby Myers. Like if Devontae Adams he's goes not in down that with range, that, homie. he's not, if, yeah, yeah, you've got him 20 spots higher. If Devontae Adams were to go down with an injury, I think Jacoby Myers sees a slight uptick in targets, but it's not like he immediately becomes this top 15 right. guy. I and I think the, the argument for Jacoby Myers is more of the stability and consistency, whereas mm-hmm. JSN's not going to have that. So, that's the part of rankings where you just got to kind of play that out. You got to kind of understand who these players are. And like Kyle Safi said, those projections articles where you're able to just simply go through and player by player. So nice. You're able to see everything broken down there. So if you want to do your research before your draft, if you've got a draft upcoming this weekend, make sure to go over there to the website, profootballnetwork.com. Go to the fantasy tab. You can find our draft kit absolutely free. There's sleepers, busts, breakouts, rankings, cheat sheets everything that you could possibly be looking Team for names like we got everything for oh you. yeah to absolutely prepare to dominate your fantasy football league this season all right there's your league winners for 2023 appreciate you all listening make sure if you are listening still make sure that you're hitting that like button on this video subscribing to the channel and clicking the bell to get notified for when our new content drops youtube.com slash at pfn fantasy and additionally the pfn fantasy discord is available for you for absolutely free Get in there, ask us your fantasy football questions. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Soppy, myself, Derek Tate, Jason Katz, we're all there ready to answer your questions. The link for that is in your description here. It's absolutely free to join. Join over 1,400 people there ready to talk some fantasy football with you this season. All right, for Kyle Soppy, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.